As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wait! Before we get started, um, this is the lost episode. You may have already heard about this because we lost the episode. Then I talked about losing the episode. Then I talked about maybe trying to save the episode somehow. So today I've been working on saving the episode. We are going to go ahead and get it in, and it will be numbered as it would have been numbered in the progression of episodes. But before you listen to it, this is terrible. This is so bad, guys. Um, I genuinely considered just leaving it lost and usually that's the kind of thing i would do here but then i started thinking if i listened uh if it was one of my podcasts that i love and listen to and there are several of those and they lost an episode but they had the words like even though the audio was like really bad and really terrible i could listen to them talk about the movies and stuff and i just thought i would want to hear that as a fan <clears throat> I would want to listen to the terribleness. And because of that, it was one of those things where it's like, honestly, to leave it lost is kind of a selfish move on my part. It's a pride issue, right? It's saying, I don't put out trash like this. And I want to say that. I think there's some value in that. But honestly, it's it's Sif Pop. And if you enjoy Sif Pop, maybe you want to listen to it. So, you know, my audio sounds great. I'm right in my microphone. Ian's audio is also from my microphone from across the room. So we did everything we could. It's there's parts you may not be able to understand. But here it is. Enjoy. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's just dying for a pretzel stick, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. He wants the sales cleaned immediately. <laughs> it's Ian Whittington, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're kind of in, still in 
festival brain. We have made our way back. Uh, so hopefully the audio will be uh, good this week. Although the audio sounded good. Phil did so good. Phil is just amazing. Producer Phil is the best. I felt like the audio last week was so good. Uh, thank you for that. However, we are going to kind of continue. Yes, the sift swifty nature, loose kind of conversation about the rest of our week at Fantastic Fest, um, which I'm excited to do. Uh, I think we've got a couple movies here that are going to be very interesting to talk about and that will be coming out soon. And then, of course, we've got all the, the rest of our festival goings and things that uh, things that we did at the festival. Um, so let's kick it off. Let's just get right into it. Uh, let's chat a little bit about Triangle of Sadness. It looks paid for the tickets. Not bad, huh? <laughs> so what do you do? I sell shit. The success of a luxury cruise mainly depends on you. I don't want to hear anybody saying no. It's always yes, sir, yes, ma'am. I command you, enjoy the moment. No, no, no. <laughs> what? You say no to me? No, no. So it's yes. Yeah, no. Yes. Go in. Yes. <laughs> Models Carl and Yaya are invited for a luxury cruise with a rogues gallery of super rich passengers. At first, all appears Instagrammable, but the cruise ends catastrophically. Uh huh. That's a word. <laughs> catastrophically? That is not a word. Is that a word? They <laughs> just made up a word and put it in the promo. <laughs> the cruise ends catastrophically, and the group finds themselves marooned on a desert island. Um, that actually gives away more than I would want to. You know what I mean? Like some. You see the trailer? Oh no! Okay, fine. Uh, so apparently nobody cares about that kind of stuff. But I didn't know any of that stuff, and it all. You're better for it. Seriously, genuine, genuinely, this movie, this movie takes you on a, a really interesting journey. Um, so yeah, I was glad that I didn't know uh, any of that. Uh, um, so yeah, this comes to us from the same person who did, I think Ruben Ostland is his name. Um, he did force majeure, which is an incredible film, uh, in the square, which is also really good. So high expectations coming into this, uh, really enjoy this director. Um, what did you think Ian? Did you like it? Love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay. Hi, hi, hi. So I'd have liked it. Very liked it. Really liked it. Whatever the one just below love is. <laughs> Listen, there are the basic categories, yeah. and then everybody has the freedom yes. to nuance those categories however they want. Um, I am going to be on the low side of loved it. Mm. Yeah, I loved it. It's weird that the low side of loved it almost sounds worse than the high side of liked it. it. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's strange. Triangle Sadness is continues to be really great filmmaking from uh, Ruben Oslin, and I think the thing I love most about this movie is the complete care it has for its ridiculous characters. Like every single character in this movie is somebody you get to know the perfect amount. There's no, there's nothing um, where I felt like uh, the things didn't hit because I didn't know the characters um, because I knew them uh, so well. It's really a three section movie. And uh, those sections are just continuously and more consecutively interesting. Um, so, yeah. What, what are some of the things you liked? 
The number one thing is is so superficial, but this movie made me laugh so many times. It has deep meanings and themes, but just on a surface level as a movie to watch, it is hilarious. Like not just because we were in a packed theatre, but just laugh out loud moments throughout the entire movie. It's its timing is so good, and just like the physical humour, some of the slapstick is is so so good. And you don't often see that from this type of movie. It's not. It usually feels like it has to go very very subtle and very very deep. But this will just do fart jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely funny, um, and and a real great sense of humour to the. Um, the just kind of the ridiculousness of the situation um so yeah it made you laugh a lot also made you hide your eyes i've never seen never seen ian whittington in a movie be like i cannot look at the screen and it it's likely because i saw the trailer so i knew all of that was coming uh-huh. um so as soon as we got to that scene yeah are, i was prepared for it and i was like yeah. Yeah, i'm not gonna watch this psyched myself out um so yeah if I would say a big trigger warning if you do not like vomit. Um, if you're a metaphobic. Yeah. Oh, is that a thing? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. me. Because um, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. It just keeps regurgitating the same. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I think that scene is spectacular, though. I, I, I think I think it's just so well done, and it it knows what it's doing. It's not afraid to do it. It's like, look... look it is it is very much look at what it means to be human look at how gross we are look at because because the movie is and this is another thing that i loved about this movie it's so much about falsity it's so much about the airs that we put on it's so much about what it what we are all trying to hide which is our own humanity our own you know who we are and so the movie's like nope we're going to do a whole section where you're going to come to terms yeah with uh, with what happens when a bunch of people eat oysters on a very rocky sea. I thought that scene was absolutely spectacular. Uh, I do want to kind of go back into the message, too, because there's some really cool stuff this movie is doing with sociopolitical philosophy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, and it's right there on the surface, um, but there's there's entire conversations throughout about you know how do we interact as a community, right? Like, it seems to be a lot like... What does it mean to be in community with a large group of people? And what does that mean as far as socialism, capitalism, the rich, the poor? It's not your typical Eat the Rich movie because the typical Eat the Rich movie is really, you know, um, poor forward. So the person who comes from less is often usually the hero that eats the rich, right? Um, Knives Out is a great example of this, right? That's definitely an Eat the Rich kind of movie. This is an eat the rich kind of movie that also that goes. Don't be so quick to think that just because you're the person eating the rich doesn't mean you don't have your own tendencies once you're in control. You know, it's more of a power corrupts movie. Yeah, yeah, more more of a there is no perfect system, yeah. so let's just try our best kind yeah. of movie. Uh, not that the movie says so. Let's just try our best. No, the no. the movie is really just kind of shining a light and going. Sure, quote all the marks you want, quote all the Ronald Reagan you want. What what does it mean when we come in community and have resources that we have to work for or share or man, I just love the way this movie played with that stuff. It's so great. It really is. And whoever's in charge of 
the snacks. He's <laughs> the, wings, the, like, the smallest, tiniest little little thing that you need, and that gives you all of the power. And it doesn't lean into the most physically, muscularly powerful person is the one that's in charge. Mm-hmm. It leans into, oh, they have a skill and mm-hmm. intelligence, and it's kind of... This is like even the idea of how a meritocracy would go isn't as idealistic. Mm-hmm. Right. And the movie deals very, very intricately with how uh, wealth and privilege changes our relationship to politics and economy and all of those stuff. And what happens when that's stripped away, you know, like then does it become something different? Does it become something new? And I just, there's so much to think about in this movie and I love it when a movie uh, can do that. I knew I was, I knew I was in for a movie. I liked right from the beginning where a couple spends the first 20 to 25 minutes of this movie, quote unquote, discussing the picking up of a check at a restaurant and it. And it's just fearless in the way that it, it goes into, um, all of that dynamic equality, gender roles, like all of that. I was just like, oh, I'm I'm eating this up. Show you every minute of that argument. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so many like squirming bums on seats where it's like, I've been on both sides of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, such good stuff. Uh, what didn't you like about it? What keeps you from being in the loved it camp? So it actually was some of that that you just mentioned. It's. It was so hard for me to not compare it to the menu. And of the two, the menu is the one that I'll go back to more because there's a little bit more subtlety to it. So one of the, one of the things we both like... Subtlety to the menu? Yeah, there's subtlety in the menu. The menu is way more over the top than this oh, is. I think it's the other way around. I might be. But because the menu is a satire. Mm-hmm. Like the tone is, is over... Mm. This is, there's some light satire maybe here, but no, I think we're supposed to believe these are all genuine, authentic, fully formed, you know, human beings. Um, I'm not going to get into the satire debate (laughs) because I still don't understand it. Um, So we'll move more into how some of it I was like, can we move out of this argument now? Because it does hit you over the head with, so the the captain has a big debate about capitalism Mm -hmm. With, with a guest on the boat and it definitely against the backdrop of all of the chaos happening at the dinner party it does it for me it's so beautiful though it it's a russian capitalist talking to an american socialist yeah and it, it gets like 30 minutes out of that i know and it's great every every second is great for me it dragged on a bit for that i'm like okay what's the next bit what's the next bit each scene for me felt like seven minutes too long okay um, I just felt like it needed. Like, we've made that point, and you're swimming in it. A lot swimming in it. Oh, <laughs> um, you just keep regurgitating the same oh, thing really over and over. And that's my only other negative is the sheer volume of vomit. <laughs> I, I will never be able to watch every frame of this movie. I, I won't. I won't be able to. That's so interesting. I I guess you're probably more in the norm. I mean, it's gross when people throw up. It's you know, it's gross when we poop. It's gross. It's it's an evolutionary benefit for me to be away from. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But also, it's 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 fake. I don't know if you know this. It's 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 a movie. I think that even with fake vomit, there was real people really vomiting during that. Yeah. 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 
Um, I, uh, as far as my negatives go, the end threw me for a little bit of a loop, and, and we may need to do just a, just a tiny, tiny little sif spoil on this, um, just because I have some stuff at the end that I want to talk about. Uh, we did talk about it after the movie a little bit, and you, you know, you kind of helped me uh, understand possibly what was was happening with the end. But I found the end to be frustratingly um, ambiguous. And I don't mind an ambiguous ending. What I mind is an ambiguous ending in a movie that seemed to have a lot of boldness and clarity. And when the ambiguity feels like it's pulling a punch, then that's, that's a little bothersome to me because then I go away going, you know, what, maybe the point isn't what I thought it was. You know, if you, if you had a point to make, like bring it home. I think the movie was extremely clear with its. <laughs> I think you might be right. We missed a few frames, but it's. I think it's very, very clear what what happens at the end of this movie. Yeah, I think he's calling Aaron an idiot. No, 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 no. Aaron is an idiot. Uh, but I, I think it's. I think again, yes, it is edited in a way that is that is skippy. There's there's one line that tells me exactly how this movie ends. All right, well, we'll, all right, we'll cover that then. We'll just do a short little sip spoil. Um, all right, so that is Triangle of Sadness. I will recommend once again Ruben Ostlin's uh, movies. Uh, if you haven't seen Force Majeure, if you haven't seen The Square, huge, huge recommend. Check those out uh, before you check out Triangle of Sadness, which I think we would both recommend, even if you need to close your eyes for about 10 minutes in the middle. <laughs> the torturous bit, because I knew the funniest stuff in the movie was happening. But I so I would watch like the bottom like ten percent. Like, is that just by that and the sound effects wherever I could watch? I'm glad I did because there's some funny bits between the vomit that I would have missed. Oh, it's so for that whole scene is so funny. I just kept elbowing you like through the whole through the whole thing. Uh, Triangle of Sadness, you'd recommend from both of us. All right, let's move into the second movie that we're going to talk about. Let's talk about Bones and All. Dad, you didn't. When the cops get here, you have to be good and gone. I can't help you anymore. I know it's not your fault. You were born this way. You ate them. I believed you had to. I don't know why. I smelt you. I didn't know I could do that. I thought I was the only one. I don't want to hurt anybody. Famous last words. Abandoned by her father, a young woman named Marin embarks on a thousand-mile odyssey through the back roads of America where she meets Lee, a disenfranchised drifter. Nothing else curious about him. I said that. It doesn't say oh, that. Okay. But despite their best efforts, all roads lead back to their terrifying pasts into a final stand that will determine whether their love can survive their otherness. Um, I don't think I don't think it's spoilery at all. All to say this is the cannibal movie. Uh, this is Timothy Chalamet, um, Luca Guadagnino, uh, who was worked with Timothy Chalamet and Call Me By Your Name. Uh, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I am the low, low side of didn't like it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to join you just in didn't like it. <sighs> I really didn't like this movie. R- really didn't. I didn't like the experience of watching it. I didn't like uh, what it had to say. I didn't, or what I interpreted it that it was having to say. Um, I didn't like the uh, the broadness of. There was so much I didn't like about this movie that I'm not sure how to start with what we like. <laughs> 
I don't even like Timothy Chalamet in this movie, which is horrible. He's fine. But he's a good actor. He's like, fine. yeah. But it's, I and I think it's because bottom line, I don't buy into the universe. I don't buy into their rationalization for things. They t- like, mm-hmm. as an example, they take offense at one person wishing to join them in their otherness. Mm-hmm. That's the most offensive thing in the world, and I get why, but. It just it falls down in explaining why they have to do what it is that they're doing. It's kind of pitched as a compulsion that is. It feels like a metaphor for addiction, but they don't seem all that addicted. No, yeah, that's the thing. It, the whatever metaphor you want to lay on top of the cannibalism just doesn't work. And at the end of the day, I think, well, is he really talking about cannibalism then? <laughs> like, is there like what what are we doing here? Uh, you know, we we did have uh, Luca Guadagnino beamed in to chat about this movie a little bit, and he said something about you know the, that we need to love the monsters around us, yeah. and I think that's probably where I try to find the positive of this movie is that I think it's trying to do something that is valuable, which is to humanize even the monsters among us to be like, they are still human beings. They still have value. The choices they're making are terrible. They're, you know, uh, hurting people. That's awful. But how do we find love amidst monsters? And, um, there's like a whole movie called love and monsters, totally different movie. And so I think there, I think I try to look at that and go, okay, I see where you're going, but the way that you're presenting it doesn't take us there. It doesn't show us how to do that. It doesn't show us, you know, what what makes sense about that or what is beautiful about that. What is beautiful about giving love to someone who doesn't deserve it? Like what is what is beautiful about that? And the movie does doesn't really dive into it. And then and then you're left with a possible metaphor that just doesn't feel like a metaphor. It does it doesn't feel like it's talking about addiction because like you said, it's not really addiction. It's compulsion. It's a weird one where I'm like, do do we really not want to mention the name of the person who also was in Call Me By Your Name, who the director and two of the actors just recently worked with, because Michael Stolberg is in this as well, in Call Me By Your Name, and that the, the topic of the movie is literally a, a compassion for cannibalists movie? Like, do we not want to talk about this? I mean... That's what it's so hard to... Understand. It's so weird. It is pitching cannibalism as a genetic disorder that you're born with. So mm-hmm. You are an eater. You're an eater, an eater, I guess, yeah. Um, and then it's like, okay, that makes it okay. That makes cannibalism and murder fine because <laughs> you're genetically predisposed. And I don't know that the I don't know the movie goes that far. I don't know that the movie's like, hey, everything's a okay. I think it's just like you know. Hey, yeah, but as long as you murder bad people, <laughs> people that don't have a family or that you didn't know right. have a family, like it, it really feels like it makes that okay. And I don't know how you have a movie unless it does, to be honest, because we're right. very sympathetic for these two. Like, yeah, we want them to have a happy ending and. Live a, normal, live a normal life because they suddenly can. Uh-huh. Uh, it, the, the premise falls apart for me. The message falls apart. Um, I just wanted to get out of the movie. Yeah. So I wanted this story to wrap up so quickly. Yeah. That's not... I don't think that's my brain not being able to accept monsters or being too conventional. I just didn't like being with these people. I will say I like... I have liked... I should say Taylor Russell, uh, who's the the lead character in many of the things that she's done. She's great in Escape Room. 
she's uh, great in Waves, if you've never seen Waves. But this movie, I think, diminishes her in some really weird ways by creating this environment. And I just don't think she's able to... Um, and the same with it's just kind of like what you were saying with Chalamet. He's fine. He's great. He, you know, he's a great actor. But just the situation they're in, yeah, just don't want to see him doing this. Yeah, um, Mark Rylance is great. Though. <laughs> he's always great, but he's the only one that's playing a character I believe <laughs> because this the cannibalism has messed him up a bit, mm-hmm. changed him. He's the sort of person you would expect would be a um, a cannibal. Sorry, Mark. yeah. Yeah, no, because of the performance and the the performances. You're right. It, it's it's really really good. It is also hard to separate the bias of I really did not enjoy watching this. No, you know it's very distasteful. Excuse the pun. And so there's it's not a great experience. And not every movie has to be like a great. Oh, I feel great about watching that. Like you know, movies can be. Uh, terrifying or rough or traumatic or you know there's meaning to be found um but in this case i just i'm not finding the meaning i'm not finding the the joy i'm not finding anything i'm not finding the connection to the characters that the movie wants me to because it never again genuinely helps me understand and find compassion for them um again because of a really weird choice where it's just like well it's not it's not an addiction so no, like that's so the biggest thing for me is that it is not an addiction they choose to not do this they they say the the compulsion is going to get harder and it's going to be mm-hmm. um it's going to get worse as you grow up but it doesn't specify okay but what does that mean right does that mean i'm medically in trouble right it's almost too nebulous for us to really get anything out of it yeah, yeah. I think that's deliberate because if it was 100% compulsion, you have to do this or you die, then we have to kind of say, well, I guess they're just trying to survive or whatnot. But it's it's crazy to me how we're meant to be okay with that in this in in this movie. And yeah. I absolutely hate the ending as well. That's one part of the movie. I, I, mean, I don't like all of it, but the ending is baffling to me mm-hmm. for, for two big reasons. But I don't... Can you talk around those reasons? Um, there... Um, if not, that's fine. I don't think so. It's, it's a decision that one of our leads makes and is encouraged to make and makes. And it's in just baffling to me. There's so many other things I would do first mm-hmm. before that. It's, yeah. in, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have a lot other to say. Uh, the, uh, I guess I talked to many people at the festival. Uh, and a few of them were like, this is their favorite movie of the festival. So including prominent, prominent screenwriters that I happen to have conversations with that I'll, I'll leave unnamed, but, but just that there's something about a movie like this, that for some people it's emotionally resonant in a way that just did not work for me. I don't know why that is. I wish I, I wish one of us could kind of find our way into it a little bit more to maybe help those who might enjoy this, but some of it's pretty. Like, if you want to see the back end of America and mm-hmm. some great road trip, it's a, I mean, it's a road trip movie, essentially. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's about all we're going to get out of Bones and all. Um, I think we have, we have gnawed uh, at that bone as much as we can. All right. Before we head into the rest of our Fantastic Fest experience, uh, I did want to thank our Sif Pop members. 
for supporting us at Patreon, patreon.com slash siftpop. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, <clears throat> yes, you already said that, Ian. You already said that. Uh, but it is true. You can go check it out, the different levels. And really, at the end of the day, it's just an appreciation for you saying, hey, um, I want this to continue. And we really, really do appreciate that. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, all right, let's head into the rest of our experience for uh, Fantastic Fest. When last we left you, uh, we were midway through Sunday, I think. Hadn't really done anything Sunday. Um, but then we went to a some sort of like VIP party yeah. thing that kind of kicked off our, our Sunday is our Sunday evening. Um so yeah, how did you how did you feel about Swagfest? I got swag. It was great. We had a <laughs> suitcase. Um it was strange. We just turned up and they were like, everything on the first floor is up for grabs. And we were like, okay. So we did. Yeah, and this again, this was for like the highest, you know, ticket yeah. ticketer yeah. or whatever. And again, we I won the contest to be there, so that's why I was there. Um but yeah, it really was just like board games and blu-rays and yeah zombie spongebobs yeah. we we got some food and we got some swag and it was great we got some t-shirts they were, they were giving out free tattoos yeah i was tempted but i was like mm, i don't know that i have enough tattoos for me to get one on a whim yet i feel like if you are if you're covered and you're a doodle pad that's awesome then it's mm. experience but for me it's more of a considered purchase <laughs> But when it's free, but it was free, so I was tempted. Yeah, if I if I had some tattoos, I think it would be one of those things where it's like, well, it's a memory, I guess. You know, go ahead, throw this throw this on my ankle, and let's go or whatever. Aaron, why do you have an Alamo Draft House logo on your lower back? Eh, you know, it's a it's a long story. Yeah, it was free. How can you turn it down when it's free? <laughs> Um, and we did not turn down a lot of the free stuff. We had to buy an entire other suitcase uh, to come home. Then we went to the secret screening on Sunday night. So there are two secret screenings. Uh, in the past, they have been movies that aren't out yet. Um, and that was the case this time. Both of them are, are films that were not out yet. Um, so I'm thinking like Glass Onion. I'm thinking like... The Weird Al movie would be perfect for this festival, that kind of thing. I walked past somebody and... No, wait, that was later in the week, wasn't it? It could be. I had a suspicion about... Um, uh, the man from Jeepers Creepers. Oh, Justin Long? Justin Long. I heard somebody, for the other secret screening, I heard somebody mention Justin Long. I went, it's going to be Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's already out. No, that's already out. 
Um, so I had my high, high expectations, and then they come out and they're like, and the secret screening is Marvel's Werewolf by Night. <laughs> now, uh, let me say before anything else, really enjoyed Marvel's Were- Werewolf by Night. Really thought it was great. However, in the moment, I'm like, what? Like, this is, this is like direct to streaming, comes out in a week. Like, in fact, I got the screener for it the next day, you know, like, so, but it is a world premiere. Nobody else had seen it, you know. Uh, it's, it's interesting in, in several different ways. One is that it's Michael G, uh, Gia, I think it's Giacchino. I could be wrong. Uh, anyways, the amazing composer who has composed like, uh, every single, TV or movie theme that you love that wasn't composed by John Williams was composed by him. Uh, so and that's obviously an exaggeration, but, um, but yeah, but he's directing this and yes, he really is and making great choices about tone and texture and the performances are really good. Um, weird that Jessica Jones is now a completely different uh, no, character. Jessica Jones, <laughs> it feels like Jessica Jones, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's a monster movie. Basically, it's a universal monster movie kind of thing. Um, all in black and white. Probably can't say too much more without spoiling it. But it, it doesn't feel cheesy or old-fashioned. No. It feels like a very modern take on the monster movie. And it's just fun and funny, really, really funny. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I will say about it is that Marvel has clearly come to the place where like, okay, we can start to do some more. Well, yeah, basically we can start to do some older leaning content. There's gore in this. There is R rated gore. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed, uh, Marvel's werewolf by night, Sunday night. Despite being re- like really disappointed Man, when when they was gonna walk, <laughs> he was just like, "What are they doing here?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's still Marvel." Yeah, but I was under no illusion it was gonna be Glass Onion. Like, I not a neither that's I was I all the illusions. <laughs> Listen, neither of us knew this existed. No, before they no. before they announced it. That's I, the other thing. It just it isn't. I felt like a bad person because I was like, I, how do I know? How is there a Marvel property that's coming out next week that I had no idea about? I mean, it's not as surprising for me because I genuinely don't stay up on what's coming out because I want to be as you know yeah. fresh as possible for a lot of things. But Even fresher for this. Nope, no clue, no clue. Um, but I'm excited to see actually more from this universe. I hope they kind of revisit it. We get more of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was Marvel's Werewolf by Night. Uh, then we went into Monday. We went and saw King on Screen, a Stephen King uh, in the mo- movies documentary. We had a nice lunch that day, though. We did have a nice, what? Yeah, to shake and whatever. Uh, get a burger and. Shake Shack? Yeah. You don't want to talk about King on Screen? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean. What can you say about it? Here's, the th- here's, here's my thing. It really is fascinating to me how prolific Stephen King's works are in the way that they have influenced film and TV, right? Like, there's so much stuff, and that's interesting. But this is just a run-of-the-mill documentary that's, um, I don't know, It's it was unfinished. Like, there were moments where the sound was off, and, and when I say off, I don't mean, like, turned off. I mean, it was, like, out of sync. Yeah, like the last five, six minutes, and all of the credits, yeah, it was out of sync. It was, it was just, it was interesting, um, but, yeah, it was, it was really run-of-the-mill, really typical. Um, tell me anything I didn't already know pretty much about Stephen King, and it was 
pretty much, hey, Stephen King's great, but he didn't like The Shining. Is <laughs> this documentary. Nice. Nice. Um, all right. So then uh, we had, let's see. So, oh, Bones and All, I think, was also on Sunday. So that's. That sounds right. Yeah. That yeah. Was yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. So Bones and All was also on Sunday. Uh, so then we went to, so I, I meant, uh, forgot to mention that. And then, uh, I think Tuesday was Tuesday, like the mystery movie day. Um, Tuesday was, yeah, the AGFA. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we did three mystery movies on, um, Tuesday and how this works is basically there's an organization that is for like the preservation of genre film. Right. And so they have 35 millimeter prints like actual reels yeah. of these genre movies throughout, you know, um, 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. 90s, whatever. And they say, we're just going to program movies for you. We're not going to tell you what they are. Good chance you haven't seen them unless you're Jonathan Watkins. <laughs> uh, and so we saw the last three. The first one we walked into was a movie called Superstition. There it is. Originally called The Witch. Yes, good. Yes, we did a lot of research on this movie. I absolutely <laughs> there is, I know there is a story behind this film, and there absolutely was. Uh, I, I thought this movie was terrible, but um, but it's but it was interesting to watch with the crowd, and I think that's part of the experience with this stuff. Um, I think it's the only way you can enjoy this movie, is with a buddy laughing at it, or with a crowd laughing uh-huh. with yeah. it. Yes. Uh, uh, forever in Ian's lexicon now will be, uh, <laughs> you may have doomed us all preacher man or church man, church man. It's great. This guy, just like this preacher is leaving a house and the stereotypical old hag, scary lady from the Simpsons that has all the council, whatever, mm-hmm. just hangs out of a house and says, you may have doomed us all church man. <laughs> and I just looked at Aaron and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. You. That's right. I'm going to use that on you all the time. Uh-huh. But it's terrible. It's every movie you when I when we came out of it, I said, I don't know if that is using every horror trope or invented every horror trope, but I think it's just using all of them, and it's it's Amityville mixed with the Vavitch. Just yeah. There's some weird Shining stuff in it too, uh, where the soundtrack sounds like The Shining, and just some. There's a uh, <clears throat> there's apparently a, a sentient saw blade uh, at one point. <laughs> you can possess a saw blade. <clears throat> sure, why not? Uh, the second movie, mis- the mystery movie we saw was the the hidden. Yes, sci-fi action. Movie. Um, this is from 1982, I think, and g- like genuinely seven, but it feels like 1980. Gen- oh, superstition was 82, I think. Yeah, superstition was 82. <clears throat> Uh, genuinely enjoyed this. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's campy. It's it knows that it's campy, but it's a great. But it does the best it can for an eighties movie. You know, like yeah, it, it takes the premise seriously, but not too kind of morosely or um, too over the top. Um, Carl McLaughlin is in. Is McLaughlin? Yes. Yeah, is in the movie, and he, he like, he's absolutely in the correct movie. Like he knows what he's doing. It's kind of like a Terminator Invasion of the Body Snatchers kind of movie. Um, but it's great. It's got some genuinely funny moments, some incredible action sequences for 
for its time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fun story, and it clips along at a, at a good pace. It made almost ten million dollars at the box office yeah. in nineteen. Budget of <laughs> million, I would imagine. <laughs> Probably something like that. Uh, but it does. It, it has a seventy-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not like it's not like it's hated. Um, it's, it's time, without a doubt. But it's um, it's good. It has the great Danny Trejo, um, greatest Danny Trejo line of all. Out of nowhere, Danny Trejo shows up. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, if you can find it, I would recommend it. Um, it's, it's really interesting. And the director was there, Jack Shoulder, and that was really fun because he came up afterwards. And just spilled everything. Like he was like, "I am old. I don't care. You know, I'm already out of the industry. You know, at this point. So what are they going to do to me?" And he's about who was hard to. Yes, he was just like this. This person was terrible to work with. This person, this, and yeah, it was really, it was really fun. Some of those stories were great. I think they're hilarious. What was it? What was your favorite Jack Shoulder story? It was the just to spoil the movie a little bit. The the evil alien jumps from body to body to body, but you find that out pretty quick. And there's six actors that play the alien and a dog. And <laughs> just it caught me completely off guard because he was like, we wanted to make it look consistent of that this is one person mm-hmm. and different bodies. So we got all of the actors and the dog into a room <laughs> to make sure they could line up their Taking notes from all the actors. It's amazing. It's such a great story, but it led to a stroke of genius with how they can tell mm-hmm. the alien. And, yeah, right. It's so great. Really, yeah, really, really smart. So they wanted he wanted like a tell that you know, like the physical tell that you know the alien would give off. And so basically, he asked the dog trainer what the dog could do, <laughs> and the dog trainer said, "Well, he does this thing with his tongue every once in a while." And so they just trained the actors to imitate the dog. <laughs> And it doesn't make any sense until you get to the dog and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so good. Uh, and then the final mystery movie that we saw was 10 to Midnight, which is a serial killer movie uh, that we left at exactly 10 to Midnight. Yes. <laughs> we walked out of at 10 to Midnight yeah. accidentally. Um, and it wasn't I, like if, if, if we weren't so dead tired, uh, I, you know, yeah. maybe we would have stayed, Never but. No, no, no. So we can't really give you a full review of Ten to Midnight, uh, other than Charles Bronson is. It just it feels like he's acting independently of everything. Yeah, he's just, he has turned up not knowing what movie he's. In, yeah, delivers yeah. signs and then leaves. Yeah. As we do. Uh, so then the next day, um, we had another secret screening. We did. Yeah. Uh, this was film two. <laughs> This was another uh, straight-to-streaming movie uh, coming out next week. Uh, we got to see the new Hellraiser movie. Um, Ian, tell us about how amazing the new Hellra- Hellraiser movie is. This will be on Hulu, I think, uh, this, next week, this yeah. next week. yeah, um, Or this week. As you're listening to this, this week. Yeah. Um, I much like... This is exactly how I entered the Scream franchise, watching the last movie first. This is the first Hellraiser movie I've ever seen. Apparently it's one of the good ones. I'm not going to watch the rest then. <laughs> it's it's fine. Like the what I will say for it is that the creature design is is really 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 good. It's gross mm-hmm. it's meant to be, but it's largely practical. Or if it isn't, they did a great job of making it seem practical. But it is for me 75 percent get on with it. Like how can this concept be so dull and just focus on? 
for me, the wrong, the wrong things. Like, build some empathy for your characters, but it's just, it, it's, it's empathy for them in a way that I've seen done so, 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 so many times, and it isn't, it isn't subtle at all. It's, you've absolutely seen this movie before. Um, yeah, it just, it felt like um, every other, it felt like Final Destination, but really dull. <laughs> Yeah, there's the Hellraiser concept is so strange to me because it's a puzzle box concept, right? And you could almost feel that the franchise itself is tired of its concept. Yes, <laughs> in this movie it does. It's like cool. Eh, we have to do this. It does this thing, and yeah, it has to do this thing. And there's this reluctance because to get through the puzzle, you have to kill someone. So. In, in that case, it's kind of like the ring. You have to pass the videotape on. But there's what it results in is six accidental stabbings. Like, how many times are you accidentally <laughs> on this thing? You know what it does by this point. And I've always found the puzzle box part of it strange in that we don't ever really get to experience the solving of the puzzle. You know, like, it's no, it's it just... It solves itself. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's no actual puzzle to it. Right. Yeah. So say is that if you like Hellraiser movies, you will probably freaking love this because yeah. I had the number one fan of all time next to me uh -huh. who had an incredible time. Like I think was almost brought to tears. Yeah, they were they were into it, and that's awesome. Which means like this might be the movie for you if you like Hellraiser films. And I was so happy to see their joy and, mm -hmm. uh, and they they were sat there i think they had friends somewhere but they were definitely they were, i think they had friends <laughs> it seems like the type of person that might have friends in the row because they were talking <laughs> okay got it got it but got the it. person directly next to them wasn't their acquaintance mm -hmm. and they loved it they're squirming in their seat cheering whooping loving it so you might like this if you're into the health raiser health raiser health raiser that's a totally different franchise yeah. uh director was there and the the star of the movie uh pinhead? yeah pinhead was there I the priest i i didn't either constantly um doing the vagina sign the entire movie Did you see what that? no constantly if you ever watch hellraiser again you will not be able to unsee it okay fair enough um so yeah so that was the other uh, was secret screening, secret screening, and I just have to say, I was I was disappointed. I was disappointed in uh, the secret screenings, but um, that left us with uh, Medusa Deluxe, um, which I actually think we saw Medusa Deluxe before the secret screening. Uh, this is a twenty four movie. Um, it is a one shot murder mystery. Yeah. ish kind of thing that takes place at a uh hair styling competition mm -hmm. um and boy does that movie premise sound interesting <laughs> for the movie that we got yeah it does it does it sounds i mean this is it's one of the things i actually don't like about murder mysteries is you can pitch it as it's a murder mystery but and an overlay bizarre situation that you have yeah yeah um i think if you've attended or are in the world of hair competitive hairdressing you will love this movie i think you will struggle to appreciate it and get into it if you want it doesn't i, I it doesn't matter if it's deliberate or not but it doesn't give the uh the layperson an easy way into the i didn't think it was too bad i i mean i think you get it right they're just they're 
trying to make creative hairstyles. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's going to be difficult <clears throat> to to praise this movie because it has some specific things I really don't like. Well, I mean these these are your people. This is this is this is this is this is from England. <laughs> Um, yeah, and very thick English accents throughout. Very specific type of English accent, from what I understand. Yeah, very specific. It's So the way I said it to Aaron is this is the... And it's hard to to say say sounding a little bit mean, is that it's kind of the English accent, the you sound like you're from London accent, Mm -hmm. that I feel like Americans really like to hear and kind of is really, really novel. But for me, it's like... A, it's like a stereotype. It's, mm-hmm. There, there is a. There are people that sound like this, but you don't meet them a lot. <laughs> it doesn't feel representative. Well, you told me it's kind of the G Howdy of of you know the English yeah, accent. It's like, like it's you heard John Wayne all, right. day, all long, and it's like yeah, yeah, but that's not actually how Americans sound. <laughs> right. It's, for that, it's kind. Of, I'm kind of tired of that being the thing that we see in popular media. It's a very minor thing to take the movie to task for. But it's in it so much. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, especially because yeah. it's, especially because it is a one shot. And I will just say, the, I think the main reason I didn't enjoy this film was because of the forced one shot. I felt like the one shot was forced. There's a lot of walking through hallways that's boring, you know, like the choreography of it is interesting on a technical level. Like I get that, like when you see a one shot, there's this part of your brain that goes, Oh, cool. How did they do that? Where are the stitch? Where's the stitching? Where's the problem? I'm looking for the cuts. I'm looking for the sudden black screen. I'm looking for the camera moving too quickly um, as it turns, but it, the problem, it felt really clunky to me because you'll be with a group of characters. Somebody will come into the room and then have a reason to go somewhere else and it doesn't feel organic, and it almost feels, even though you're just following that person out of the room, it feels like the camera was handed off to somebody to follow them. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it, I don't understand why, other than to make you feel like this is all happening in real time, which it is all happening in real time, and to keep you in the moment, but it took me out of the movie. I think the characters are interesting enough. I don't think the murder mystery is interesting enough. I think the murder mystery part is honestly confusing muddled and unsatisfying it's a twist for a sake of a twist and and that's rough because that's your whole movie yeah. like so so that part of it was was tough i did like the characters i did like the the energy of the interactions i love the closing dance number i ever Every, every every movie needs to end with the cast doing a dance number. Uh, Bollywood has it correct. Like this is this is so fun. It's a great way to kind of to to bring the curtain down. You know, like to bring the curtain down on. Hey, we're a bunch of performers, and now we're having fun together. And it's so great. Yeah, I loved it. it keeps in character mm-hmm. well. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. uh, loved it. Yeah. So uh, so yes. Yeah, so watch the uh, closing credits <laughs> for Medusa Deluxe. Uh, and I think that was it because Triangle Sadness was the final day, and then there was well, there was a closing party. We went to the closing party as well, which was six minutes because we're old. Yeah. Well, it was also very similar to. It was at the same place where the yeah. VIP party was, and it was very similar to that. There was a live band, some karaoke, um, some giant robots wandering around, yeah, I'm but. <laughs> yes, yes yes Ian's old Ian's old. I was ready to party all night but oh, Ian was yeah. Ian was just like well I'm done with this I'm 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 so done with this uh anything else you wanted to mention about the week overall yeah, uh, 
Um, oh yeah, no. Yeah, talk did. talk about Voodoo Donuts. Ah, uh, Voodoo Donuts is great. Um, <laughs> this is not a paid advertisement, yeah, but great things from Um Yeah, no, loved it. Donuts were huge and really tasty and uh, scrummy and a nice surprise and a nice kind of sweet treat to end the week. Yeah, I was expecting them to be delicious because I've I've heard of Voodoo Donuts before. Is it an LA thing? I feel like it started in LA. I could be totally wrong. Um, but anyways, I did not realize how huge the donuts were like i was very glad i didn't get a dozen because because i would have been like uh how in the world are we gonna eat these um because yeah they're they're but they are delicious they're really 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 good so anything i'm i'm really really glad that we went to a film festival that's really really fun i don't know that i'll ever get the opportunity or ability to do it again um so yeah it was such a good experience I agree. That would that would kind of be my final notes. Is strangely enough, being an, a movie critic, this is my first film festival. I I've never been to a film festival before, and there is something really energizing to me about a bunch of movie lovers just watching movies for a week straight, and that's that's really fun. And I think because of this experience. I will probably go to other film festivals. I'll probably find a way to try to go to TIFF or yeah. Cannes or um, Sundance or whatever the case may be. Because uh, it was it was really fun. I had a good time. So one chap that bless him went to every single movie, every single round, watched every a movie in every single round, everything. which I think means you can watch every single movie. I think. I don't know. I think that's what the, the announcer said. But yeah, so they would have watched, I think, 40, 42 movies. So five, so two rounds on Thursday, and then five rounds Friday through the following Wednesday, and then four rounds on the last day. So that's 39 movies then, I think, roughly. 39 or 40 movies. Yeah. That's that's I did every single one and like we haven't I haven't been to a fest that well, yeah. I haven't watched every single movie. Oh, yeah. man, that's, that's I think it's thirty six rounds if my math is correct because the thurs the 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 Thursdays are two and four so that's six and then you've got the six days in between the Thursdays. Oh, okay. So okay. six times five thirty thirty. Yeah. So yeah, I think thirty six. That was really important that we stopped the podcast yeah. to do that math. Very 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 important. <laughs> No, but I had a really good time, and thank you uh, to Fantastic Fest for pulling my name. Um, it's so random. Yeah, fun to win a contest. Yeah, yep. I should. I guess I should just say thanks to whatever forces or randomness uh, you know applied to uh, that decision. Uh, and thank you for listening. We appreciate you guys. Um, we're glad to bring you these updates. We'll be back to regular episodes of Sif Pop next week. Are you sure get perks? Um, they certainly do. <laughs> Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Uh, Ian, thank you for hanging out at the, po- at the uh, Fantastic Fest. Oh, wait. I hope I never see you again. <laughs> too much of me. Too much of me. Oh, eight days in a hotel room with Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's glorious. It's glorious. Uh, thank you to producer Phil uh, for producing the audio and video show. We love you. Um, and much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thanks. 
Support starts at $3 a month. You get access to all uh, the bonus episodes at a certain level. Other levels have different things. You should check it out at patreon.com slash sifpop. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. Leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. You can also email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so let them know about it, and then listening is much easier than continuing to say, oh, I'm just going to eat you up to babies after watching the movie we watched. It's terrible. That's terrible. But we'll see you next week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.